now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, B.J. Kennard and Adam Dellinger. Welcome to the show. I am B.J. Kennard, across from Adam De- uh, Adam, Adam, De- Adam De- Dellinger. Well, no, I, I don't like to say my name. What if it came out like that? That's Adam, part of the fear. Adam Dillinger. Dellinger. Dell? Dill. Dell. That's, that's how I u- usually say it, is Adam Dellinger. It's D-E. It, it, they're two different names. I guess, all right. Yeah, what's the famous Dillinger? You just said it. Yeah, but no, what, like, what's... John. John Dillinger. And what did he do? Was he a gangster? Very, very famous bank robber. Okay. Clearly, I'm up on it. And one of the first, uh, one of the first people that the FBI, I believe he may have actually been... Like, created the most wanted list? A hundred percent, yeah. There's a movie about that. Christian Bale and uh, Johnny Depp. Really? Yeah. I feel like I'd watch that. Public Enemy. Oh, I I recall that. Didn't know that's what it was for. Great movie. Who's John Dillinger in that? Johnny Depp. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm down with it. And he's not uh, like Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. Good. He's not that at all. Yeah. Like he plays a role, like it's the old Johnny Depp. You don't get that anymore. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to be a normal person again. Like in a role. I want to see him do a role where he's not Captain Jack Sparrow. Well, the pirate thing typecast him. Yeah. Well, he's also the the white-haired Grindelwald or whatever. Uh, from the latest, I think there is Grindelwald, whatever the latest Harry Potter stuff is. The spinoffs, the, those are awful. Uh, the last one definitely wasn't very good. Total waste of time. What's his last great role? Well, hang on. How many great roles does Johnny Depp have? He's got several. Jack Sparrow's a great role. Yeah, no doubt. Let me give you a couple. Okay. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yep. He plays Hunter S. Thompson. Bon- also bizarre. Not not a very straight play. That's a character acting thing, though, and it's not that Jack Sparrow character that he's done in so many movies now, it seems like. Like, I feel like Willy Wonka and Jack Sparrow are like the same guy. Yeah, well, n- Willy Wonka is, is very quirky, where Jack Sparrow's not. Jack Sparrow's drunk. Willy is, just, I feel like, insecure, and I, th- I thought that he's an okay job as that. How about what's eating Gilbert great? Yeah, because he's a regular person. Uh, what about Below? Fantastic. Boston yeah. George in that movie. Um, how about... Not the Lone Ranger. I turned that movie off. Oh, yeah, that's with Army Hammer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That movie makes me not like Army Hammer. Yeah, we've talked about yeah. that. Besides that, I'm looking through his Secret stuff. Window. Secret Window is a pretty good movie. I don't know that one. That is a Stephen King short story, I believe. Fact check me on that. But he plays a recent divorcee who who is an author mm-hmm. uh, who believes that he is being stalked and blackmailed by somebody named Shooter, who is played by uh, Turturro. John Turturro? Yes. Okay. But it's one of those deals at the end of the movie, it's the Fight Club deal. Okay. And Johnny Depp is Shooter, and he's uh, like schizophrenic. Yeah, he's quirky in the Mad Hatter as uh, in Alice in Wonderland, so that doesn't count. And then beyond that, uh, Sweet, uh, Sweet Knee Todd, also another... Uh, or Sweeney Todd, another quirky role. Chuck a lot. Remember that movie? Chuck a lot. He played Rocks. R O U X. You can tell him on IMDb right now. He was pretty good in that. I think that got some like Oscar nods. Astronaut's wife was kind of an interesting character. Ninth Gate also kind of an interesting character. Ninth Gate, an interesting movie. If I'm not mistaken, that is a uh, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, 
What, uh, the person who directed it? Roman Polanski? Yeah, Roman Polanski did that movie mm-hmm. in Asylum. You know, like that deal? Like, you got to go to him. Yeah. Because he can't come to where you are. And this one, I think, can probably wrap it up. Donnie Brasco. Love that movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, anything before that, he's doing real roles. You know what's interesting, Donnie Brasco? Al Pacino's in that movie. Mm -hmm. And Al Pacino, like Johnny Depp, also has this weird character place that he can go. Yeah. And that's the the program, or not the program, uh, Any Given Sunday, Mm. Al Pacino, where it's kind of... The, 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 uh, yeah, like, where it's it's he has become the the parody of himself, and that may have started. What's the movie where he's the blind cop? Oh, I don't know. Oh, there's there's son of a woman. Yeah, where he's blind. Yeah, was that, he a cop in that? Uh, wasn't he a cop? I don't. A retired. Cop? I don't know what. I just know he's blind. Lynn Rich, I thought. Yeah, and I feel like Al Pacino does the same. He's the Johnny Depp thing. I'll give you that. And so we just have to find who's next. So that's the generational thing. Al Pacino stepped down. Johnny Depp. Someone will go into the next role. We'll ponder that. Uh, I saw a movie last night. Are you going to go see it in the theater, Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home? Not this weekend in this town. Okay. It's not going to happen. So, no spoilers, because that's not how we roll here, until we do one where we've both seen it, and then we tell you from the get-go that there are spoilers. I will be honest with you, I left the movie wondering if I liked it. After I thought about it, I realized that I really, really enjoyed it. And I, and I know you got a weird look on your face, and here's why. I couldn't get past the fact that I was watching a solo superhero movie. Because for so long, in every Marvel movie, far from, oh, sorry, Homecoming was like the last one that didn't have a menagerie of different people in it. It's the ensemble cast thing. I, I, get, I know where you're going with this. Because even Black Panther, though it's a solo, he has all of this tribe and all of that tribe there's a lot of stuff going on in it it's not just a black panther movie doctor strange not just a doctor strange movie you've got uh the uh ancient one and you've got mordo and you've got uh, mordo and then you've got uh, wong and you've got all these things so spider-man homecoming was the only one that was just spider-man are you being fair though because you get sam jackson yep you get Mysterio, who mm-hmm. I obviously haven't seen the movie, but you can't really tell what side he's on from the trailers or whatever. I, I've read a bunch of Spider-Man comic books, so I'm guessing I know the outcome. Who knows? Because the Marvel has thrown a very awesome curveball that this is not the Mysterio we know. Right. It's, this is a Mysterio from another Earth. And countless references to Tony Stark, uh, I believe, from the tra- trailers. It's all over the place. So that counts for something. At least like the Doctor Strange thing that you're you're trying to equate that as to be in an ensemble thing. I don't think that's real. Well, because you still get you get Mary Jane. Yeah, but I, I mean like people who can do stuff. You know that that kind of add to the superhero team. Now I'm telling you, that was my my thought process as I'm watching it. Okay, and you're waiting for things. There is a little bit. I will say it takes a second for stuff to happen, and then once something the action starts. It doesn't let up. So that's great. But there is a little bit of story building that's going on before we get to that. More so than I thought I was going to have. Because usually they give you a little something that happens, and then a little bit of a lull, and then something that happens, a little bit of a lull so they can build the story, and then the action begins. This is just kind of no real action, and then the story. Right. But after we were done, because we went to the 920 showing last night, because it was the only one that we could do, theater was packed. The guy next to me, though, 
didn't get off of his phone playing some sort of game until the last trailer, which was like Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, no, right before that. Oh, I think they messed up for our trailers. We went to the 3D showing. They didn't tell us to put our 3D glasses on. So then I'm like, man, did, did, we, did I grab 3D glasses and not supposed to have it? Nope, clearly supposed to have 3D. They put a red band trailer for the last thing before Spider-Man Far From Home. Why? Well, because I think they messed it up. I think they have... I, I've never worked in a movie theater. I just have to assume they've got a, a, a block. Like, this is what shows in front of this movie. Press play, and it's all kind of tied together. So you're together. saying it's automated, like here at the radio station. Yes, yes. And so I think, because I was uh, the red band flashed up, I'm like, there's no way they're doing a red band trailer in front of Spider-Man. And it was Quentin Tarantino once upon a time in Hollywood. And there's nothing real crazy about it, except they drop the F-bomb right at the end of the trailer. Oh, that was certainly a mistake. Yeah. And Big I'm like, this is, a, this is essentially like a kid movie. Like, there was probably half as many people in there that were kids as there were adults. And so it was, clearly something was amiss. That's the Sharon Tate. That's his take yeah. on the Sharon Tate. Yeah, and he just came out. We're going to side note for a second. You know, he's supposed to do 10 films. Mm-hmm. That's always been the plan. This is number nine. And he said, he goes, I might just stop. Because I feel like I've really nailed this one, and I should go out on top. This has been the culmination of my whole life and my whole career, and I've been researching this movie my literally my entire life. Because he's just such a film buff, and he loves the history of Hollywood. He, it, for him, he goes, I don't know if I can get it better than this. It looks killer. It does look super cool. Very Quentin tarantino Uh If we're going to finish the side note out, I would like the tenth film to be some sort of Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction tie-in because their characters remaining, and I would love to know what happened. Uh, same note, I would be cool with a Kill Bill, like see, like take. They talked about Vivica a. Fox's daughter, yeah, coming in, and now her being the one that's seeking revenge against uh, what's like, well, she doesn't have a name, Uma Thurman's character. Yep, uh, so that would be kind of neat. But he may he may cap it and say he's done. So that happened. So I'm watching the movie and. You know, the kid, my son loved it. My daughter really enjoyed it. My wife really loved it. And then I'm processing how I how I like this movie. So as we're walking out, you can't really talk about it because there's still some people coming in. So we get to the car, and then we start talking about Easter eggs. And we start talking about the movie. And on the way home, my my son goes, "Dad, I feel like you're at a 72, 73 for how you enjoyed this movie." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, no." I was like, "Honestly, I'm just I'm processing it because." I didn't know what I was going to get going into it, and I think my mind—I'm so—I was so jacked on Endgame and all this stuff going on, and that's now way up here. Like the last half of that movie, first half no, second half yes, and Infinity War before that, and all this—that my expectations might have been so high for what Marvel could and should do, and what they gave me wasn't a bad movie by any stretch just didn't it wasn't the eye candy and action and craziness for two hours it was a it was like a real movie like it had a plot and it had dialogue and it had lulls and it had you know action to where some of the stuff we've been getting lately is just like like throw up of action for two hours you know what they should have done they should have just made uh like captain marvel 2 yeah. And just put it out right after Avengers. Or like a oh, standalone Hulk movie to recondition everybody. Maybe so. Uh, so That's a flagship character. It's Spider-Man. I hate that you felt that way coming Well, out. so now I really want to see it again. Because I, I, as I looked back, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, it's it's funny. 
John Favreau is in this more than he's been in some of the other ones. Oh, good. And they're, they're building a relationship between Peter and Mary Jane. The uh, Mysterio is a very cool character. They show you how that character could be. Because you, know, you see the comics, you're like, ah, you could never, like in real life, the smoke yeah, and that, all of that, that could never work. Man, do they nail it. And like they... I was curious about that. They knock it out of the park. Do you remember the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 from the current run right now? Yeah. Isn't Mysterio... Is he the villain in that comic at the very beginning? Or they do a sidebar at the end or something where Mysterio shows up? And it is a great four pages of Mysterio because it is yeah. the smoke and mirrors. And it's literally Spider-Man just like webs him and the whole thing's over with. Yeah. I, I think it is a, a, like the last couple of pages of that. And Symbiote Spider-Man. He is the villain right. in, in the in that. Well, I've always thought that like you could never pull that off. Yeah, they nail it. And in Amazing Spider-Man One, it's cheesy. It, it almost feels like it's a throwback to like a Mysterio first appearance. It's so cheesy because you just want to be like, "Oh, dude, New York City." Yeah, that ain't happening. Yeah. There's not a there's not a dinosaur on the street that's trying to eat you. Like yeah. that's not a thing. Yeah. So I don't know who wrote this. No one ever really cares who writes these things. But they really nailed the Mysterio character. What about Spider-Man? Is he Spider-Man? Like from a like the quippy like yes and no because he's he's processing the fact that Tony is dead and having to deal with that. The and you've seen it in the trailer too, to where there's sort of the pressure of everyone wants to know who's the next Iron Man, and so he kind of feels that pressure. Like maybe everyone's looking at him because they don't know him. They just know that that's Spider-Man. They don't realize it's a 16-year-old kid. He's also still relatively unknown in this particular, mm -hmm. like on a global level. Yep. Like it feels like Spider-Man uh, Homecoming ended with, now there's a relative buzz about Spider-Man in New York City. Mm -hmm. It's very much New York-centric, right? Yep. And so it doesn't seem like he's really a world... Like in the Marvel Universe, he's not Iron Man. And right. He's not Captain America. And he's uh, certainly not Thor... So I get that. So yeah. he's he's sort of coming into his... It sounds like they're forcing him to grow up a little. Well, just... Because you're talking about the grieving, the, you know, yeah. he's, he's got dealing with grief. Yeah, he's having to deal with that. And I think people are just looking to Spider-Man for what's next. But no one's looking to Peter for that. Because only a couple of people know who he is. Ned, and then his aunt, and then Happy. And right. that's it. You know, no one else knows uh, who that... I mean, Nick Fury does, of course. Oh, Nick Fury, Because yeah. he, he's Nick Fury. And they did a really great job of... I mean, oh, I, I can't get into specifics, but they did a really amazing job of weaving in some past stuff into this movie. Good. And, like, really exceptional. So then you got to go back and, and you might want to go back and watch something else just for something. Cool. Uh, so that was really neat. Uh, the effects, of course, are, are top-notch. As At this point, even the Sci-Fi Channel has effects that look pretty legit. What about my biggest concern with the movie when it was announced? Spider-Man in Europe. Does that work? Uh, yes. And they... And they do a good job with that. Because I'm not buying that comic book. Spider-Man in Europe? Yeah, I'm not doing London Spider-Man. I'm not doing that. Well, even with... So a couple of runs ago, Parker Industries really took off for the, for the comic. Mm -hmm. And so then Spider-Man was global. 
And so Spider-Man would be in London. Spider-Man would be in Tokyo. Spider-Man would be in this other place because Parker Industries was there. Spider-Man worked for Parker Industries. It's just not traditional Spider-Man. That's It's not because traditional, he, he's in New York, you know, and he'll occasionally go help the Avengers and they'll go do their thing. But that was not often in the Spider-Man comic. It was in the Avengers comic. And, and so I know what you're saying. Uh, for what they do with it, it works, but I can't tell you why it works or how it works. You got to see the movie to see that. Part of Spider-Man's appeal, uh, thanks Todd McFarlane to mm-hmm. the weird shapes that he's in and stuff. Yeah. And when Spider-Man swings, he, like the cool Spider-Man shots are always the one where it seems like he's 40 stories, mm-hmm. right? Like he's way up over the cars. Yeah. Like in the movies and stuff, it seems cool that he zips over the top of the taxis and stuff. But in the comics... For as long as I can remember, Spider-Man's way up top. He's perched on top of the building. Mm -hmm. London just doesn't seem like... I mean, he's flying through Queens Park. You know, it just... It seems odd to me. So there's there's not an occasion for him to swing through London. Because whenever he is called upon in this, action's happening and he's dealing with the moment and dealing with whatever's in front of him. I know. I understand what you're saying. So So he's not not patrolling the streets. But does that make sense? Am I conveying that right to where it just seems like it's spun around? Yeah. But no, it it, it works, and they do a good job with that, and they address Spider-Man over there. It reminds me of the Spider-Man video game, and then they had Spider-Man. They had the, was it X-Men and Spider-Man or something? And it was the the arcade game with Mm -hmm. four joysticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody could be Spider-Man, and then somebody could be Wolverine and Cyclops and, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, Colossus or somebody, right? Yeah. And it was one of those... Like side- street, street Fighter style, wasn't it? Well, it was a side-scrolling yeah, beat-em-up. Right. That's right, yeah. And I always thought it was the stupidest thing ever, because if I'm Spider-Man, I'm not just walking down the street like this. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, you're... you're uh, what, then uh, there was a Marvel fight game, and Spider-Man was in it, and you could do something called Web Swing. yeah. And, and he would swing and kick. Yes. Yeah. And if you hit him with the first time, if you just kept doing it, web swing. You'd ruin web him. swing. Yes. <laughs> and I was the king of that. Enough that my roommates, because we used to play the game all the time. Throw controllers. And we'd get so pissed off. And then right now, we, uh, my son and I would play Injustice uh, 2. Yeah. Great game. And I'm the king of crouching and just punching you in the shin. And I will just do it until I can't do it anymore. And my son drives him insane. Uh, because it's like a cheap victory. You're that dude. Just because it's fun. I mean, I, I I will really straight up fight him in the game, but just for the fun of it, I will sit there and punch <laughs> his knees and shins <laughs> until he gets like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm like, come on, you got to play the game. Who knew Batman could die from being punched in the shin? Yeah, got to get better shin guards. <laughs> uh, but overall, I did really enjoy the movie. My, As I mentioned, my family really liked it. Like, I, I think they're ex- – and I didn't have – high expectations for the movie. I thought it was going to be a good movie, but as I was watching, I think mentally I started to realize that I think I was expecting more, though I shouldn't have been expecting more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I, I didn't realize what I thought I was going to be missing by watching the movie. Okay. And then now that I've seen it, I want to go back and do it again because I know the expectations now. And That's I what feel I'm like saying. I would really enjoy it. Yeah, you'd benefit from a second viewing i think so i think i really would let's do it next week yeah maybe i'll get the right trailers this time we'll go uh well no they can show that we'll go during the day the well, I, I, I want to see what really should what the things really should be trailer wise did you get uh an x-men or did you get the phoenix no trailer? that's done like that's that's you know it came out a few weeks ago they already stripped it down to a handful of theaters i it's it's only i think after 
this weekend or next. It's I think it's out of theaters. Well, that's why. I, but I figured that maybe like the last chance the superhero people are here, let's show them this. Since yeah, I think even they realize there's there's no hope. We, we got the like biggest Hobbs and Shaw trailer that I've seen. Um, but, uh, oh, I had sidetracked that dude that was sitting next to me. It wasn't until the Hobbs and Shaw trailer came on that he put his phone away. So, like, we go through three or four trailers, and this guy's still just playing on his phone as if nothing's happening. Adult? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, 20. That's an adult. Yeah, 22, 23. I can't get a thought out of my head the whole time about the lack of the ensemble superhero cast. people, yeah. Maybe I benefited. This is going to sound odd. You already know this. I told you a couple days ago. Over the weekend, I watched Kick-Ass, mm-hmm. and I watched Kick-Ass 2. By the way, if you've never seen Kick-Ass 2, like, you punted on that one like I did, yeah. don't do what I did. You're fine. You pay the money to rent it. You're good. Um, but I watched Kick-Ass, and it's so stripped down. And I know they're not the same kind of movie, but mm. we're talking about... I mean, it's a superhero movie. Sure. It's um, a vigilante movie. It is. Fair enough. And it focuses on one dude. There's two other heroes right in the movie, and then there's this villain. Yeah. And it felt so stripped down, and it had a great deal of appeal to me, at least, Mm -hmm. because there wasn't somebody, you know, flying through the atmosphere as a glowing ball. Yeah. There's something appealing about that. I think Spider Man would have the same appeal that that movie had to me. Plus, I love Spider Man. And what's interesting is I saw, you know, after Endgame, Jessica Jones came out a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I watched all of Jessica Jones, and there's not a lot of superheroing going on in that thing in general. She's strong. She can punch walls. She puts whatever. And I was perfectly fine with all of that. Didn't need the ensemble. She does have someone that's helping her, but like I was okay with it. Maybe because my expectations are when you watch the TV show, it feels one way. When you're going to the movies, it feels a different way. But I do want to get this out. You absolutely have to stay for the mid credit scene and the end credit scene. Okay. Without a doubt. Lately, well, because, heck, the, the last movie, we didn't get anything because there was nothing to get. Would I care about it? Yes. In, like, and it's not even a matter of even caring about it. You need to see it because both of them are impactful. Neither one of them are throwaways. Because, you know, usually what you'll get is, like, them eating shawarma at the end of Avengers. Right. Uh, or, you know, and occasionally there's something that makes a difference and, and something that doesn't. Both of these, super impactful. Guardians? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I'm locked in. I got to yeah. figure out what's happening. Uh, yeah. We're I, getting a riddle. I love yeah, it. I, I, can't, I can't tell you. May, maybe so. Because this is what we know. They're filming Black Widow right now. Yep. What they showed us... As far as I can tell you, doesn't affect any of that. We're getting Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. As far as I can tell you, doesn't affect any of that. So then you got to look past that to figure out what's next. I will tell you, the mid credit scene affects the Spider-Man universe. Like the, I'm sorry, uh, that, that Spider-Man. It affects his world and what's going on with him, his life. Okay, I'm already locked in for that. So that's that, but, but super big deal. The end credit scene affects everything else or maybe it does maybe it doesn't something's going on and when you're done with it you're like what did i just see like i know what i saw but what does it mean a reference to the past or a reference to the future uh it's going on right now okay so moving forward so you know what you see but you don't know what it means me i'm not gonna get you to oh no i'm not gonna tell you what it is mid-credit symbiote deal oh man no i 
gosh. That would be so cool. Because you're like, it's ultra impactful. It affects it, Spider-Man. It, it and does. if I see like red stuff, like. <sighs> that would that would be phenomenal if it was like Venom-esque. If my, I would have I would have came to that movie. Well, that movie's the best movie ever. But no, it is not that. It is something, uh, something different. So we'll go see it and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. But overall, it is a really good movie. There, there, as far as the projections go, it's supposed to beat Amazing Spider-Man for the highest Tuesday opening ever, which coincidentally, when it came out, it was 4th of July, right. same time frame. It probably will do it. I mean, it just came out yesterday, and we're you know, so we don't know uh, just yet. Uh, so it's it's going to be fine. It's going to do tremendously well. And I, when I go see it again, I think I'm, I will enjoy it even more so. And, and shame on me for, for not knowing that I had these expectations without knowing I had the expectations. Oh, you can't help that. Yeah, and I and it, I really was sort of taken back by it when I was like, oh, I probably should have paid attention and just gone in with, like, let's have a fun Spider-Man movie. Well, now you see it again. You'll ben- Like I said, you'll benefit from that second view. Yeah, and, and it even with that thought process going through my head, I watch Marvel movies, and as I watch them, I'm always going, how come DC can't do this? That's, How come they can't do this? Dude, I walk out depressed of every like every Marvel movie I go to, and I'm like, man, take him out, insert Batman, killer movie. Yeah, and then you know this is a lighter movie than you know what DC does, besides like Shazam. But when you see it, you just go. How like how does Marvel just get it correct? Because Marvel has used the right colors from the palette to start with. Yeah, like it would be hard for DC to go and make a colorful Batman movie now. Does that make sense? Colorful's not even the right word. Batman doesn't have to be dark. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, it always is, but it doesn't have to be that way. Look at some of the animated stuff. Mm -hmm. Like some of the animated stuff. even the, the the animated series, there's comedy. You know, Mark Hamill's hilarious as the Joker. Yeah, and he is the best as the Joker as well. And that's what I'm saying. But they, you can't just all of a sudden make the transition and make the colorful Batman movie. Like, those Marvel movies are following a template. And you can tell. Yeah, but I, I'm just waiting for Joss or uh, or James Gunn. Because we're, we're getting a straight start-to-finish James Gunn movie. Who knows the characters he uses for the Suicide Squad? And I'm looking forward to that. Matt Reeves doing Batman. I feel like now they're finally James Wan who did uh, Aquaman. I feel, which is a solid first ten minutes. I say it every time. First ten minutes of that movie, atrocious. The rest of it, it's fine. It's good. It's, it's visually fun. It's it's good. It's fine. Yeah. You've never used that adjective to talk about a Marvel movie before. I will when Black Widow comes out. I have such low expectations for that thing already. I know nothing about it. I did that with Captain Marvel. Yeah. I don't get Captain Marvel. I don't get the appeal. I think Captain Marvel, the movie breaks the cohesiveness of the storyline. Mm-hmm. I think she's too powerful. And I think introducing her in the end ruins what they were going for. That's another podcast. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind that she's, you know, OP'd because I think you got to have those because you got to have villains that are that big. Oh, can you introduce them right before you wrap the series? Really, it's like, oh, look what, look what we got now. Yeah. OP character. Yeah, for Endgame. It was, you know, I, I see what you're saying. So we'll go see Spider-Man and be all good. I wanted to do another bit of news that I saw. This broke yesterday, and this is a big deal. If you're a Walking Dead fan, today, as we're doing this on Comic Book Wednesday, uh, issue 293 of The Walking Dead comes out, and it is going to be it. It is going to be over, I'm sorry, 193, 193, because everyone thought Kirkman was going to go to 200 and call it a day. 200 is a giant milestone for an independent comic. Giant. The number he's at now is pretty massive. 
and there was a lot of assumptions he would go to 200 and just and call it quits. But he straight up ripped the Band-Aid off with no notice, no nothing, and said, this is it. So at, at the end of it, 16 years, uh, he said this. So this is at the end of it. He says, this is the end of The Walking Dead. That's it. It's over. We're done on the final pages of the comic, which you can you know now get. And he did. He's a comic book fan. Yep. Huge comic book fan. If you talk to any of the early guys, even like Tom McFarlane or any of the image people and how Robert Kirkman came into image and he was just such a massive comic fan. They, he was a breath of fresh air coming into the building because he wasn't jaded or any of these things. He was bright eyed and bushy tailed at this point when you had these other guys that had worked for Marvel or had worked for DC and, and they were doing their own thing and image could have been doing a little bit better. So this is what he said. He said, I'm completely willing to bet some of you are angry over this. And this was a letter he did, and he put this online. He says, I get it. I do. I mean, why, all caps, didn't we announce this so that fans could have some time to prepare? That makes sense. He said, well, personally, I hate knowing what's coming. This is where you know he is a fan. Mm -hmm. He said, as a fan, I hate it when you realize I'm in the third act of a movie and the story is winding down. I hate that I can count commercial breaks and I know I'm nearing the end of a TV show. I hate that you can feel when you're getting to the end of a book or a graphic novel. Some of the best episodes of Game of Thrones are when they're st uh, structured in such a way and paced to perfection so your brain can't tell if it's been watching if you've been watching it for 15 minutes or 50 minutes and when it and when the end comes you're stunned. He said in a way, killing the series has been a lot like killing a major character much much harder but the same feeling i don't want to do it i'd rather keep going but the story is telling me what it wants and what it needs this needs to happen whether i want it to or not thoughts that's great uh, and i agree entirely and you're right he is a fan i don't think it's the end you don't think so mm -mm. there's too much money to be made he doesn't he's he's made the money oh dude come on i mean he he's rich that doesn't matter. Like, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. So in the NBA, uh, they're, they're, the collective bargaining agreement is structured in a way in which if you meet requirements A, B, and C, you are guaranteed what's called a max, or in some cases, a super max. Mm -hmm. That's how much money you're going to get. It's not up for debate. That's what it's going to cost to have you. Mm -hmm. Or you can go, that's like with your current team. Or you can go to another team and possibly lose, say, 15 to 30 million dollars over the course of four or five seasons but you get out of where you are now and you can go wherever you want you know what a lot of people say oh it's just 30 or 40 million dollars it's a 280 million dollar contract how many people do you know that are like huh it's just 30 or 40 million no big deal at some point i'm not saying the walking dead okay some spinoff some variation. I mean, he's got other comics going right now. But I'm talking about the characters from this particular story. How many comic book lines have been this successful and have just stopped? What if Detective Comics stopped at 200? Because yeah. it's the conclusion of the Batman story. And who's yeah. to say that that thing won't get bought out by somebody? Well, he owns it. Right. Yeah. George Lucas, he owned a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. The Walking Dead's not over. Yeah, and I I can I see what you're saying in, in that it will probably spin off to do something else because AMC immediately had to jump on this. Yeah, and say for the record, 
we are not done. They should have been done like two years ago. It should have been the opposite. <laughs> yeah. it, they should have like on the season finale or what you know, on a show just go, by the way, that's it. We're done. You know what it does do for AMC though? Even though they've broken so much of the, like it's its own thing now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really mirror the comics at all and yeah. hasn't for, or really ever like. Well, they, they're using the breadcrumbs of the comics at this point. Right. You know, they're doing... They the, had the entire loaf at one point. They did, yeah. Like, halfway through... Well, all, all season one. Yeah, for, for for a couple of seasons. Yeah, season two, I believe, too. Uh, this gives them an out. If they want to take those breadcrumbs and try to somehow, for entertainment value and and whatever tricks you got to do, you've got an ending. Yeah. Well, because it was... I want to say last issue, and I don't want this to be a spoiler for anybody. If you're a giant Walking Dead fan and you've got them sitting there and you're waiting to read them, you might want to fast forward. But the last issue uh, was, or the one before, uh, Carl kills Rick because Rick gets bitten and, and turns. So Carl had to had to put him down. And it's like, oh, that was a that was a big deal. Like I don't have a lot of Walking Dead comics. I have just a handful. I've got uh, one. I don't have number one. No, because like I was so late to the party with that that it had already. But I do have number one that is a color issue because it's a black and white comic. Yep. And they did one that had color, and they put that out. So I bought that. I almost bought one five years ago or something, and it was expensive then. Yes, it. it when I knew of it, once the series started, it was already too expensive. Right. Uh, so I have that, and then I've got a couple of key little issues like the, the like the first appearance of Alpha from like the Whispers. And then I got the issue where uh, Rick dies. And then I immediately, when I saw this, I told uh, Drew at the store, hey, pull me 193 because this will be a, a big deal. It'll be a shocker because this will be a great valued comic because there wasn't the notice. And maybe Robert Kirkman knows that a little bit too from a collector standpoint. He gave the fans something that was more important than if you, you know, how, how many gosh darn comics do you have that's the countdown to the death of Wolverine? Oh, I've got, I've got a Batman comic now that's a countdown to something that's supposed to be massive. Right. And there was countdown to the wedding. And then there was the countdown for this and the countdown for that. And then you build to it and you're like, oh, none of those are worth anything because you know what's going to be happening. The fact that he delivered something where the orders were put in a couple of weeks ago, so you don't see the news, mm-hmm. and then overload on the orders. I wasn't quite sure when I texted you know, Drew if he could pull me one of these, because he only orders so many of those. It's not like Walking Dead is a massive comic book these days. People still collect it, but it's not one that I get on, on the reg. And But he's like, yeah, sure, he had an extra copy or so for that. If he knew this was coming, he'd order an extra 10 or 20 copies, no doubt. You're right, and that'll be a comic that's probably printed. Second print, third print, fourth fifth, print. Fifth, sixth, seventh deal. In a vacuum, I'm going to present a scenario. Okay. Tell me where you stand. Okay. I'm guessing that nobody out there owns action comics 1 through 1,000. Let's yeah, just say in a not. vacuum, yeah. I'm guessing that's not a thing. Yeah. There could be some be impressive. weird billionaire guy yeah. somewhere, and I'm sure that there are a lot of OCD rich people that are trying to make that whole thing happen. Mm-hmm. But let's just say that's not the case. Nobody's got detective comics. Spider-Man may be more likely that somebody would have the whole Amazing Spider-Man run. Still hard. Yeah. It's still difficult. Yeah. Is The Walking Dead the most expensive and most valuable Full comic run set. 
in this vacuum, we're saying that the others don't exist. Gotcha. So is it the most expensive obtainable? Yes. Probably so. Because you've got... You've got you've got a complete run. You've got the entire story. There is no, we're restarting at one. Mm-hmm. You know. Because even Spawn is about to turn over 300. Right. And along the way, you know, a lot of readers have fallen off. I'm picking up these, you know, latest issues because Todd McFarlane is doing Spider-Man 298's cover and 299's cover and 300's cover for Spawn. And it's just cool. So that's the only reason I'm getting it. But along the way, I wasn't collecting any of that. There's also not, as far as I can tell you, not a lot of landmark issues in there of things that really happened and affected Let's awesomeness. Spawn. Walking, yeah. Walking Dead, on the other hand, lots of things have happened along the way to where this issue is important and that issue is important the whole entire run. I don't think that matters. I don't think your first appearances matter anymore because it's complete. Yeah. Well, think about it. Uh, Venom first appearance. Mm -hmm. That's a famous comic book. Spider-Man 300. That's right. A lot of people have that one. It's highly sought after, but it's obtainable. What's that book? Is that $300? Uh, it depends on the condition, but sure. Yeah, it's in that range, and I'm and that's if it's, a, if it's a nine or more, yes. If that's it's a, even higher; it's more. Right, that's a good comic book. Yeah, three hundred bucks for that. First appearances don't matter in The Walking Dead. Every fourth issue is going to be a first appearance of somebody or something of substance, and the fact that it has a hard ending. Mm-hmm. Is there another comic book that gave us a hard ending like that? Just to say that he doesn't go back and extend the run at some. That's point. not a miniseries. I don't think so. I don't and, think there is one, and and I think or or they it, it's it's a hard ending from a cancellation standpoint, and they didn't get to finish their story, or it's a weekly or something like that. But you're not going to get 200 comics out of it. Yeah, I think having the set is where it's at. I think you, but it's expensive to have, put that together. Though. You don't devalue those significant comics, what we're calling significant comics that you have. Mm-hmm. You don't devalue those. As a matter of fact, it's the other way around. You're actually increasing the value of the set in a, in a whole. I think so because he's because he's done. What do you think it's worth? What is one sell for right now? I have no idea. Is that a $300 comic book? I'd say so. Yeah, because of the way the in in uh, well keep in mind a 98 in anything's a $100 book. Okay, let's just say that one is a $300 comic book. I personally wouldn't pay more than that. And I think that that's probably fairly priced. I think that you would agree with that. I guess you're you're looking now. I'm going to pull up uh, on uh, eBay but or you, whatever I can find here. You can probably find one through ten or something first prints packaged together. Yeah, heck, this is a Walking Dead number one nine eight fifteenth anniversary issue. Not even the real one. This is the this is the one that I have, which is like the color issue. It's fifty bucks. That's a limited run variant reissue deal, though. Uh, yeah, but still, 50. Well, walking, okay. Walking Dead number one on eBay. First print. It's a 9-4. This person's crazy. This is $1,500. That's not a $1,500 comic yeah, book. Yeah, so that person is uh, full of S. Would you give 300 for that? I'm saying that, I mean, if you had $300 and you had to burn it on a comic book this week, I mean, and, and there was a pristine copy, would you pay 300 for it? I'm going to go with no. Why? And, and, is that a historic thing? Like it's not old enough? Uh, no, I think that the desire isn't going to be there as much. If I would have bought that book for 300 four years ago because Walking Dead was so hot on television, now the ratings are the lowest that they've ever been. So the decline in the 
in the feel of that comic, I feel, or the, at least that that story, I feel like is on the decline. The comics have just always kind of sold what they've sold once the story, once the the show hit television. Check this out, though. Action Comics one. Yeah. Not only obviously that's Superman. That starts the superhero interest mm-hmm. in this country, oh, which yeah. has been cyclical, mm-hmm. right? Superhero movies, probably not as hot now as they were, let's say, three or four years ago. Like, I think the Marvel story arc is kind of... The interest hasn't waned, but it has crested. I think we reached it's a crescendo. That's the feeling that I had in that movie. Well, exactly. Who's to say that The Walking Dead didn't do that for zombies? Not that zombies haven't always been, because that's cyclical too, but they were never mainstream. We never got a, a television show. And the yeah. television show's still running. Who's to say that that's not a thread? That, well, I don't guess it can be because the comic's over. Yeah. You just, uh, well, just like the Fear of the Walking Dead, they're just doing their own thing. And Walking Dead can do that as well. But I I just feel like maybe maybe Robert saw the writing on the wall and like, now's a good time to end it. Like Quentin. Ninth movie? Supposed to be doing ten? I'm going to stop at nine. Another good example, the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Like, just from a comic book standpoint. Like, that was super hot, right? Like, oh, Those yeah, dudes wrote that in the garage and printed it or whatever the yeah. story is. Eastman and Laird. And it was hot, and then there's a cartoon, and then we got movies. There's no interest, right? No. Uh, well, I don't know about the comics. Well, that Batman uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic did very well. And then they did a they just put out a movie for it. So like that, I'm I'm just saying from a comic perspective that there was enough interest that they went ahead and made a cartoon movie for it. But TMNT still comes on television uh, with new new versions all the time. Like you could flip it on probably today and there will be one on. Yeah, but that's not going to be a blockbuster movie like the first Ninja Turtle movie in '90 or '91 or yeah. whenever that came out mm-hmm. before Vanilla Ice did the Ninja Rap in Part Two, yeah, Secret of the Ooze. Secret of the Ooze, and then. Uh, Turtles in Time or something after that. Oh, yeah. Which is really bad. But the first movie, mm-hmm. that's an awful movie. Uh, and, and now, now, no, it's yes, dated. Yes, yes, You better believe I was loaded up in the car, oh. and we had the seats right in the center of the no theater. Doubt, My man. parents carried me, and that was one of those nights out where we bought all the popcorn we wanted. And yeah. I got all the, you know, like it was that trip. Mm-hmm. They don't have that anymore. Well, this, they did two movies recently. Uh, Michael Conrad, Bay, Michael Bay, Michael Bay, and like my my son loves both of those movies. Are and you they, serious? Yeah, well, because they're all CGI. The turtles just look cool, and there's it's, action going on, dude. And, and it's Michael Bay too. Oh, like yeah, it's stuff's blowing up. They're ordering pizza, and the pizza's exploding. <laughs> you know, like that's that's how he rolls. And like my son doesn't care because it looks good. He sees the old films. He's like, this used to be good. He can't watch those. Yeah, but I remember adults going and watching those movies the same way that like you and I will but go you, watch Spider-Man. But week. you can because at the time, technology, like that was awesome. The fact that we could see it and do it, it looked amazing. Yeah, but my point is we're not going to go see the third Michael Bay Ninja Turtle movie on a Tuesday afternoon. Like I'm not going to call you up and say, hey, man. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Not- and that was a thing then. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to find what's the pop culture version of that now. You know, right now, I don't think there is anything. No, like that, that no, that was my point. It, yeah. it was The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah a few years ago. Right. Yeah. At, at its peak yeah. interest. I don't know what the thing is now. I think yeah. the thing now is, is still Avengers. We're still on the backside of that. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of the point. Like, the Turtles, I feel like, 
the 90s. That was their comic mm-hmm. pop yeah. culture yes. run. Yes. And I think we're agreeing mm-hmm. that the Walking Dead pop culture run is probably officially over. Yes, I would say so. So the Turtle comics, I don't know what those originals are worth. A lot of money. I think they're tiny or they're either giant. It's one or the other. I think they're oversized. Yeah, they're oversized. But it, it, it's got to be the first kind of handful. And then once the comics started to hit on with the cartoons, I think the comics probably started to take a, a downturn. Oh, yeah. And so just that first block. I don't know who's collecting or seeking the older ones now. Walking Dead, I think this puts a rush on trying to now, like you mentioned before, complete the, the run and, and get it. Because it's not unobtainable. You can probably do cover price for... Majority of the eighty percent, yeah, probably. Yeah, I would say uh, uh, maybe not eighty. Let's say seventy percent, because you're like one through fifty. You're uh, gonna pay some coin for the big issues, and then just your basic issue in that you're probably it's probably ten bucks. Uh, dude, I don't know. You're well. You're probably right. Fifty-one to say one ninety. You could have done fifty-one through two hundred if this wasn't the end, and you could have got them at cover price. Yeah. Because now those last 10 or 12... Monday. Yeah. You could have gotten these comics a lot cheaper. Yep. Bef- before that announcement yesterday. Well, that's going to be a thing, too. You're. I have no clue what's happening in those comics. Yeah, but I'm going to read... the When I go get that today, I'm reading it because I want to know, how's he ending it? And how did it not leak that it's over? You ought to get... How... Are you knowledgeable with Walking Dead? Just the show and whatever the covers look like. I have no idea. You ought to get the graphic novel, the latest one that just came out, and let's say that that covers 125 through... Probably 150. 150, something like that. You ought to get that and see what's going on, because that would put you in like... No. Wikipedia. I do the same thing. I'll just Wikipedia that thing. Because you got to figure out what's happening in the third quarter. He didn't make this decision on Saturday. Yeah. So that's why I was just curious. How did it not leak? Could you imagine if he just left it and he didn't complete it? Was it one of those deals where he comes to work and he's like, hey, guys, uh, not going to need your assistance anymore. He has to have a project lined up, but he's going to start something new. He's got he's got other things going anyway. Like he's he's had a handful. I mean, he's he's been busy. Can I tell you that? Uh, so I have the first Walking Dead graphic novel. Okay. Because I remember uh, comic shops you would see that cover. It stood out. Do you remember seeing the Walking Dead covers? Mm-hmm. Well, they were black and white, right. and they just popped. Yeah. And you would see them. They're always Real on thick that. lines. Yeah. And they're on the other They're on the other set of shelves. Mm-hmm. Over there's like Archie, and then like some Smurfs comics, and then there's like some image stuff, and then there's Walking Dead. Yeah. Right? I remember seeing those, and uh, Adam, the guy that owned the comic shop at the time, told me that uh, it was pretty hot. You know, people were picking that up. He was ordering more and more. So I got the first graphic novel, and it was awesome until, like, the last... It got really weird. Mm -hmm. Like, that story gets out there, and it becomes an independent comic real quick. Does that make sense? Sure. When you start... It it almost gets supernatural. Now, I know that sounds silly to say because they're reanimated. I don't think that stuff's very realistic. No, but I'm talking about with the people that aren't zombies. Yeah, no, I feel you. It starts to get kind of out there. Not that that's bad, like if that's your whole thing. I feel like the television show benefited from the lack of... Everybody's going to agree that the best of The Walking Dead, the television show, probably is the part that mirrors 
the best comic. part the best part of the comic book. Yeah. That's usually how it works. Getting out of Atlanta, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's up. Go to the CDC. Can we get to the CDC? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we're running into colonies of post-apocalyptic people yeah. like you know that's when it kind of the trash people are the ones that I, <laughs> when I was like oh and they talk funny like this is dumb that's when i really started to lose interest television didn't know how to comic books can do this you, you have more creative freedom and you you're given a little more liberty in that regard with time television doesn't work like that like you would develop dialects in small pockets of people geographically mm-hmm. over the course of like 50 years right not like three years. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, you don't have a language. That's not how that works. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh, I understand you, even though we just met on Tuesday. Mm. Yeah. So I feel you on that. So if you can get your hands on 193, I bet you bucks if we went to eBay in the next day or two, that thing's. I bet someone's already today put that thing in the mail to the CGC. No doubt. Like it's a race. If you've got a good one, you put it in the mail today, you get it graded, you'll have it back in six weeks to be the, one of the first ones to hit eBay or one of those with a 9-8 final issue of Walking Dead. That's a $500 comic. Well, uh, to end the podcast, I bet you Midtown Comics took 50 of them, had them pressed, and sent them right down the street. That's true. I bet you that happened. Oh, yeah, it'll be quicker than six weeks. They're not real people. <laughs> right. They have a courier that just they hand the books to and say, hey... Ben, take these down the corner and let's get them graded. Yeah, let's. Uh, can we have those back by uh, next Wednesday? Hey, I'm gonna okay. t- I'm gonna task you with something. Nobody knows this. You're going to New York City. I am. You're going. You're going to Midtown Comics. I am. Look for a graded copy. I want to know what it costs. Okay. They may even have a ten. By the time I make it there, I bet they will have it back. Yeah. Tens are unicorns. Not for Midtown Comics. Tens are unicorns right here. I don't know. Okay, Coastal Comics, they're they're unicorns. They're unicorns. Well, we'll see. We shall see. All right, so thanks for listening. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like us and star us and do a good review, all that stuff as well. Until next time.